May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning. It is an honor to preach this morning. Although I have to say it was a cruel twist of fate that has me, the intern, scheduled to preach right on the heels of no less than the bishop last Sunday. That's, um, that's setting the bar just a little too high for preaching. Uh, not only that, but the gospel in the lectionary this morning is far from the most clear and straightforward text in the Bible. You know it's bad when Jesus has to explain himself twice because the audience doesn't get it the first time around. That's never a good sign, especially for a preacher. <laughs> but with all those um, self-depreciating caveats and disclaimers aside, I do want to assure you that the gospel this morning, and indeed our entire liturgy this morning, is a beautiful one, and one that I can't think of a more appropriate choice for this morning. During a time which is dominated by fear, in which we are beset on all sides by anxiety, by stress, by illness, even death, when we are facing a whole host of other concerns, which, like the thieves and bandits in today's gospel, threaten to steal, kill, and destroy, is it not in such a time as this when we most need a good shepherd? But what does it mean for Jesus to be a shepherd and for us to be sheep, especially in this day and age and in the 21st century? Now, this may come as a shock to you, but I have no firsthand experience shepherding or tending sheep. And I would venture to say that probably many of you don't either. So when I think of sheep and shepherds, I have rather idyllic images of lush green pastures and rolling streams and birds singing in the trees and quaint English countrysides. But the reality of shepherding is very far from this image that I have in my imagination. The reality of shepherding, and especially in Jesus' day, would have been far different. Shepherds were not the most esteemed members of society. They were actually quite looked down upon because of how much time they spent away from their homes and their families. They would have slept outdoors, under the stars, exposed to the elements, and they would have had to have been pretty rough, strong people because they were not just mere casual caretakers of sheep. They had to be defenders. They had to be protectors. They had to be rescuers. They faced all sorts of threats, not just the thieves and bandits, but also wild animals, predators. They faced many dangers. They, in a very real sense, were walking through the valley of the shadow of death. So for us to be God's shepherd and the, to be his sheep and the people of God's pasture is to acknowledge that we inhabit a similarly dangerous place with real threats and thus demanding real courage. When we face these threats, uh, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And indeed, at this time, we are in that valley. We are facing the shadow of death. In the words of the 1928 prayer book, Collect, which we have been saying each Sunday morning, 
This is a time which has caused us to perceive how frail and uncertain our life truly is. And the thieves and bandits of our time are many. The strange voices which lure us away from the voice of the true shepherd are many. Perhaps in this time they are the voices which cause us to worry, to fear, to panic, and to hoard instead of opening our hearts and sharing our resources with others. Perhaps they are the voices which ask us to place our allegiance and our faith and our loyalty in a product or a person or an organization rather than in the God above all idols, above all goods. Perhaps they are the voices which tie our worth and our value to something like our productivity or our employment status or our possessions. The tragedy of heeding these voices is that if we do, we will experience destruction. We will be led away from life. Many of us here today are personally grieving. We are grieving the loss of a loved one. We're grieving the loss of a job. We're grieving the loss of a relationship. We are grieving the loss of future stories, of plans that we had so painstakingly and carefully laid, but which the virus has abruptly and forcefully taken from us, leading, leaving in their wake the void of uncertainty. We are left wondering. And in this time, we need to know that Christ is with us, that Christ does offer hope. The salvation of the sheep, there is salvation for the sheep. There is salvation, there is healing, there is wholeness. And the salvation of the sheep does not consist in their strength or their self-sufficiency or their spotlessness. The salvation of the sheep consists in but one thing, to be able to discern and heed the voice of the true shepherd over against the host of other voices of imposters and thieves who would love nothing better than to lead us away from life abundant and into destruction from both within and without. If Jesus is the good shepherd and we are his sheep, then he knows each of us by name. What a comforting thought. Jesus loves us and tends to us and cares for us as his sheep, not because of what profit we can fetch him, not because of our spotlessness. He loves us in spite of our deficiencies and our failures and our shortcomings. When we heed Jesus' voice, it is that voice that reassures us of a divine love so profound that it touches us in the depths of our spirit. We do not need to be perfect. We do not need to act as if we have it all together during this time. All we have to do is heed the voice of the Good Shepherd over against those other voices. I have to tell you that preparing this sermon for today 
was very difficult for me. I had a real challenge coming up with the words and ideas and the phrases that I need to share today. And at first, when I reflected on why this was the case, I chalked it up to having been out of seminary for a couple of years and just being out of practice, being a little rusty putting the sermon together. But as I spent more time reflecting on the root of the issue, of the, of the anxiety and the fear, I realized that there was more. I myself was heeding strange voices. I was heeding voices that told me that I had something to prove in this sermon, that I had to impress. And so long as I heeded those voices, the writer's block, the anxiety persisted. It was only in a time of silence when I was able to distinguish a calmer voice, a quieter voice, which asked but one simple question. What is it that Christ's beloved community needs to hear today? What are the words they need to hear, the good news that they need to hear as they walk through the valley of the shadow of death? It was when I was able to hear that voice that the words began to flow. What are the voices that are causing you to fear? What are the voices that are causing you anxiety? What are the voices that are separating you from having life and having it abundantly? And on the other hand, what is it that characterizes the voice of our Good Shepherd? Is it the voice that sells us something that says that we will be safe and comfortable? Or is it the voice that challenges us to engage in open-hearted and open-minded acts of love and thoughtfulness during this time? I also urge you at this time to consider where is it and to whom are you going for your shepherding, for your pastoral care? While it is true that we have one great and good shepherd, part of the Easter message is that he has empowered us, his beloved community, his disciples, to also shepherd and to engage in the ministry of caring for others that he did while he was on earth. So to whom are you going for your shepherding? And I am blessed to be able to say that Christ Church is blessed with a host of sensitive and caring spiritual caregivers who would love nothing more than to come alongside you during this time and offer support and comfort. Reach out to them. Contact them. It is precisely such a time as this when the art of pastoral care and shepherding is its most healing. I also want you to know that we are praying for you every day. We are praying that you may hear the voice of the Good Shepherd, and hearing it may follow, and following may have life and have it abundantly. Amen.